All right, this is Brent Leary, and I have the pleasure to bring back and speak to... It's been too long, but I'm glad he's back now, and he's back with a brand new book, the one and only Brian Solis. Brian, thank you for joining me, man. Brent, any any excuse to talk to you while, uh, while also promoting the book is... <laughs> Now that's the way to put it. My pleasure. <laughs> it's great. Well, the last time I spoke to you, it, it I, I can't believe it's been, it seems like, I guess, a couple of years, and you were coming out with What's the Future of Business? But now you're back with a brand new book, and I love this, X, The Experience When Business Meets Design. And I'm telling you right now, business met design in this book in terms of not just the content, but the way that this book looks and feels. Uh, let me just say, first off, congratulations on the new book. And let's talk a little bit about it. Let's talk about why you went from what's the future of business to X, the experience when business meets design. All right. So dig in, I'll tell you a little bit of the story. Um, X, was supposed to be the follow-up book to the end of business as usual and as i was writing it you know the whole idea that businesses should create experiences not just great products or not just great services uh, but that they all should work together to achieve a greater vision of what's possible and i actually thought that i was going to be able to lean on a lot of work uh, from other people because it just it just seems so logical that yeah absolutely we we need we need this. So in, in doing a ton of research, I found it very difficult to to borrow or to, to spotlight the work of others uh, and to put it all together in a cohesive way that anyone could understand. So I, I, re I realized at some point that I was going to have to do this from scratch and that, Sort of led to a, an incredible series of avoidance behavior syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I mean, it was just it was just very dense to work through. Uh, so what I ended up doing was uh, taking a break while I was writing it to <laughs> write WTF. I mean, what's the future of business? Because that's I guess what you do when you're having a hard time writing a book is you take a break to write another. <laughs> one. <laughs> so all in. Uh, this one took uh, three and a half years to produce, but um, it's it's been two, a little over two and a half years since X, uh, since WTF hit the market. Um, but it makes more sense now because because now they're partner books, right? WTF sort of set the stage for helping you understand the moments of truth of how customers sort of make decisions, and then X sort of brought that together to say, and here's how you would design an experience that's holistic. And then here's how you would enforce that or reinforce that or strengthen it in each one of the moments. So it brought it all together. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Um, where business meets design, and we're going to definitely talk about, of course, about the actual content and the focus of the book. But um, I think just by looking at the, the way this book looks and the formats, the, the different kinds of styles that are in the book, I think this has a real good chance of, uh, of affecting the way business information is presented uh, going forward to a certain extent. W where did this come from? Where did this, the, the, the design of this book come from? Well, you know, my friends at Mechanism, they, uh, they run a, a, a beautiful boutique advertising agency, uh, design agency in, um, in New York and San Francisco. We've been friends for a really long time. <clears throat> and I've always had this, this vision for not just designing a beautiful book, but 
you know, trying to, to demonstrate to readers that we live in these incredible times where technology is affecting how people go through life, right? So how they make decisions, how they're influenced. I mean, everything from their attention spans to their, their gestures and how they, they navigate the world. And it just, you know, when I, when I was writing this book, I, I was feeling guilty in that I'm telling you all about how the world is changing and how you need to change, but here's a book, and here's some Times New Roman font for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't feel like that was, I, I just didn't feel like it was going to fly. Like, I, I, I thought I could read the Amazon reviews now. Brian Solis has <laughs> some great ideas, but refuses to take any of them out <laughs> himself. <laughs> and uh, I ended up, you know, when I took the break to write WTF, I, I was already studying UX, um, user experience, uh, user, user interface design, usability. Uh, I was studying attention spans. Um, I was studying how, how people, uh, why they loved apps like Tinder or, or Clear or Flipboard <clears throat> and started essentially wireframing what a book could become uh, and experimented with that a little bit in WTF. So when I took the break from X to, to write that book, I, I worked with Mechanism to design a sort of pseudo-analog app, as I called it. Uh, and what what we did in WTF was sort of V1.0 of what would be possible, knowing that I would go all out with X. And then with X, I I, I got crazier about it. You know, how, how many sentences, you know, how do you even write a sentence that is still teaching someone how to, you know, to to retain what they're reading, but more so, how do you stitch them together and how many do you stitch together so that you promote bursts of, of, of learning and then promote a break with some white space or visuals and then it also encourage case turning. So then I used uh, teenage uh, students and the textbooks uh, that they have today as inspiration. So if you, could, if you could redesign the textbook so that they still learn, they still have a good experience with it, and then um, it's familiar, uh, then you know that's that's what the business book would become. So it's, it's incredibly um, intentional, but also it was <laughs> as an author. Oh my gosh, I've never gone through such a more difficult experience in my life. But then otherwise, the point of it was, if the book couldn't be an experience and couldn't be innovative, then how how could you go and just apply? what I was teaching you to the same legacy foundation that you're working with. We're not going to do anything really new. The best is we'll just do what we do differently moving forward. And I, I think this is a great time for innovation. So I, I thought if I could, if I could go through this myself, then I w it would be fair to ask you to do it too. Well, that's, it's rather apparent that you did uh, eat your own dog food, so to speak with this, with this book. So that, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, when people, particularly in business, We've heard the mantra, uh, content is king, uh, for a number of years. And then we kind of moved to context is king. It's not just content. Uh, over the last couple of years, you know, I've been thinking it's not content, it's not context, it's experience is king. And you use those other tools to create better experiences. Do you think that uh, people today are kind of lined up and ready for the information that you provide in this book and utilizing this information to actually do what you did, take it to heart and, and not just talk about it, but actually create it. Are businesses ready for this? 
I don't know that businesses as a whole are ready for it. There are individuals within businesses that are more than ready for it. They're, they're most likely suffocating, holding their breath for, <laughs> for it. Uh, you know, I, I often say that anybody who's waiting in, in any organization for leadership to come down to tell them what to do and how to change for the future, they're on the wrong side of innovation. I think that change, in this case, is going to come from the middle. Uh, so this book is written for them. Uh, this book is written for the people who want to bring change and are frustrated in doing so. And I'll, and I'll tell you one more personal story. This, this book, Brian, I, I honestly didn't think it was going to come out. It, there were so many, um, as you can imagine, I mean, it's, you know, you noticed the, the design of it and, and, and hopefully you enjoyed reading it. But just even to get there, too, right, I, I had to go through convincing a, a publisher in, in Wiley, and thankfully they came along for the ride. But, you know, it's a 100-year-old company that you're asking them to change how they even think about books. And then that means that you, you affect the supply chain. That means that you, you affect the whole production process. That means you have to put people on this that are going to have to learn how to work with new types of printers and new types of schedules. Uh, and everything around it was, was met with, with challenges. I mean, even the paper, right, the, because of the, the amount of color saturation on, on the book, yeah. each page, you know, we were jamming printers left and right and delaying the book release. You know, I think the, all in all, the book release was delayed, I think, five times, four times. And, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I think buyers at bookstores, I think, you know, people I've been with that the book was coming out over and over and over again we're starting to wonder what what is this guy just saying the sky is falling <laughs> uh, so um the hardest part about it all uh was when i realized that question that you asked was one i had to really be thoughtful about it it's not it's one thing to say hey read read all this and then go go disrupt the entire organization and then it's another to say all right you know what i'm going to do i'm going to rewrite parts of this book so that it helps you do things in incremental stages. You don't have to read the whole book and then do everything in the book. It's actually, um, it's, it actually presents information that you can do step by step. So over, over time, depending on the culture of your organization and what have you, it allows you to bring about transformation at your pace, but still move forward as you turn each page. Well, yeah, I think it, it does. It's you make it uh, so that it's easy to consume and understand, and and get to quickly to where you are in the cycle, and and you know leverage the information in that way. Uh, one of the things that's in here uh, is you talk about, you know, I think there, and maybe this is just something that has been throughout the course of business. It seems like whenever there's something new or things are changing rapidly. Uh, companies eventually are willing to throw technology at it and think that just by putting out the check to buy some new piece of technology that solves the problem um, how does the the issue of creating the right experience how does technology or what's the role technology plays and are companies as usual looking for technology to be the the be the thing that delivers the experience as opposed to the thing that helps you know deliver the experience you know i'll i'll um i'll, I'll share an, another personal story um mostly because this was a, this is a life-changing experience for myself uh just just for me as i was writing it um, the 
You know, do you know that in, in the research that I was doing, when I would ask people about experience, everyone said, yes, we think experience is the most important thing. Uh, then I would ask people, well, what, what is a good experience, or how would you define an experience? And I, I, I got about a, a hundred different answers. And it was clear that the, the whole concept of what, what experiences are and how you would even go about evoking them in a desired sense was elusive at best. Maybe that's why there's some, some magic to it. <clears throat> and But we weren't going to be able to move forward if we didn't understand what, what a great experience is and what it could be um, and compared it to what an experience is today and then compared that to our brand promise. Really what I was doing was, as you turn each page, you, you're you getting a shift in perspective in a good way, right? It's, it's actually not forcing you to shift your perspective. You, you're actually doing it on your own. But the book was, uh, it was designed to help bring you to a blank slate so that you could see the world differently as you move forward. And in one of the examples, I talk about in the book, I, I say that you know, we all just sort of need that moment where we, we, we question everything in a, in a productive way, right? So things like we, there are two types of people in this world. One, one, one side of, of, of the group looks at you know, Microsoft Word, for example, and they click that to save, and they know that it's a diskette. The other group of people in this world think that's a save icon and you are now designing for the two different states people who know what that is versus people who actually remember that that is a, a skeuomorphic image of reminding you that this means save right and so the joke was you know, there's a cartoon that says hey hey kid you ever see uh, you ever see one of these before he's holding up the you know the disc and it says, oh, wow, cool, you 3D printed the save icon. Wow. And now you have this sort of understanding that <laughs> how people how people see the world differently and versus how you see the world, there's there's actually different perspectives. Yet we're designing for the world that we know. I use another example of, of the remote control. Uh, the remote control over the last 60 years has progressed in, in, the, in the wrong direction, right? On average, there are 70 buttons on a remote control. And... Yet you have these beautiful 4K televisions, curved glass, and everything, and and you're you're asking people in a world where they pinch and zoom and swipe <laughs> to try to navigate these crazy buttons of of, of it, which doesn't work anymore. So I I say that in business, when we see new technologies, right, we we use the save icon or the remote control process of adopting that technology. It's all based on legacy foundations, how mm -hmm. we see the world, how we make decisions how we move forward, and so we take innovation and we throw it into iteration. But this is time of innovation where people think differently, people have different values, right? People define success differently. People make decisions in micro moments. They don't go through a journey like, like you and I used to. So, but, but everything that we've designed is based on yesterday, right? And so when we add innovation, we're taking not only legacy frameworks and foundations for technology, but same with philosophy, right? So that's why you see so many philosophers um, and, and their thoughts shared throughout the book, because we're, we're shifting perspective to say, okay, what if, you know, if Uber can come along and change the entire game for how you move from point A to point B, because they had the luxury of a blank slate, but yet that kind of disruption can happen to any kind of business because everybody has the ability to start with a blank slate. 
how would I take all of this new technology to improve the customer experience or to improve the employee experience based on the experience that they want to have, right? How, how would that look differently? Rather, and, and, and so I, I walk you through sort of shifting that, that, that insight or that, that, that perspective differently where you recognize like, oh my gosh, I was about to take this whole CRM system. I was about to take all of this mobile infrastructure and throw it into or plug it into or bolt it onto the customer journey as it exists today. So if you go through any mapping, if you go through any uh, journey management, all you're doing at best is iteration. And this is the same problem that the remote control does, right? Everything just became more complex. At some point, people will make decisions to get away from the complexity because you're not doing business the way that they want to do business. And by the time you, you know, by the time you get through the book, you're already starting to see new possibilities and everything. And that, and that was, I wanted to inspire people to feel like they could, they could see the world through the eyes of their customer, the eyes of their employee, in order to be, to be more like them, to be innovative, rather than to force people to be more like us. Yeah, that, uh, let's hope that's the case. Uh, and I think if anybody who actually checks this book out they should be inspired uh because there's a lot of great information in here and uh, and, and and you know you get you have some really good stuff around you know customer journey mapping and it's, i mean it's not it, there's a lot of meat there's a lot of detail in here um if you had to choose one or two things that you would like people to come away with from reading this book what would they be just what you kind of what you just illustrated or is there anything else you'd like to add to that I, I would say that there's there's one the one thing is to recognize that part of the part of the intention of the book is personal transformation, right? To see <clears throat> to see the world differently for its possibilities and appreciate how you got to where you are today, uh, in order to see where you can go tomorrow. So that's part of it. There's there's a, there's a personal. It's written for the reader, uh, and I know that sounds weird because most books are, but I mean it's really meant to have a one-on-one connection. With, with each person because they're all going to go do something different when they're done reading the book. The second thing, and that's okay, so I want them to know that that's, that's okay, it's intentional. Whether you apply it where you work today or you're inspired to go do something else at a place that will appreciate it, you know, that's, that's, that was for you. The second one is the change is hard and change takes time and it's psychological as well as, you know, technological uh, and that is also okay and the way the book is laid out is just take it in steps and find the opportunities that will allow you to accelerate. So maybe you take, take the experience divide where you study your brand promise and you study how experiences are felt and shared today and you know, mind the gap and then figure out short-term ways to reduce friction and start to close it. That's a good place to start too. But beyond that, it's uh, it just this this kind of book will be with you for for the next couple of years. This will, this will be your guide. So don't expect to do everything overnight, but that that you are the change that's going to bring about the future of business. Brian, where can people go to learn more about the book and to get a copy of it? Well, they can go to xthebook.com, uh, or they can go to Amazon or their favorite bookstore. Uh, and you know, if you tweet me at Brian Solis, I would love to hear what you think. Well, I'll tell you right now, I think this is a, a great book. And, and I, you know, I share with you the, the picture of my, my friends when I uh, brought my book to a little meetup. And they, they literally, first of all, I, I had to 
snatch it out of their hands because they were getting a little too familiar with it. But they were they were taking pictures of the book, of the pages in the book, um, which really shows you. I mean, it, it was really it was fascinating to me to, to watch their reaction to the book. And I think you're going to have a lot of people reacting like that. So, Brian, best of luck. Once again, the book is called X, The Experience When Business Meets Design. Brian Solis, thanks again, man. Oh, thank you very much.